You're listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we look at questions and topics that are related to our faith in Jesus and how it plays out in our everyday lives. In this episode, we're talking about money, specifically what does the Bible have to say about money and how should we as Christians think about our money? Welcome in to Church Unplugged. Welcome into Church Unplugged. I'm Jimmy Cozy, uh, part of the leadership team here at CCC. Got the rest of our leadership team, Joe Coffey, Zach Wyrock, and Stacey DiNardo. And our question today is, what does the Bible have to say about money? So the Bible actually has quite a bit to say about money, but there are some bigger categories, like how should we as Christians uh, manage our own money and what does it look like for us to use our finances to the glory of God? Then there's the obviously the topic of giving and tithing. Where does that come from in Scripture? How should we as Christians think about that? And a host of other topics. But uh, we're all about money today, so let's let's oh, talk about it. All about the uh, money. It's all about the Benjamins. That's right. Yeah. So let's start with that first one. Um, what would a Christian theology of finances, I guess, look like? Maybe that's that's a good starting point. Well, I mean, the beginning point I think is to say that. Uh, the biblical worldview, when you becoming a Christian isn't just adopting a particular set of beliefs. It is it is agreeing with the idea that because he has died, Jesus Christ has lived in our place and died in our place and risen from the dead, that he is the rightful king of all things. And everything in the universe belongs to him, including us and everything that we have, so that our posture becomes uh, everything is yours, Right, you just tell me when you want something and where you want it to go, so that a Christian worldview is that all my money belongs to Jesus, um, and I am asking the question not how much do you want, but saying what do you, you want, want me, me to do, to do with, w- with my money. That's an easy thing, though, for people to parrot back. Like I remember mm-hmm. years and years ago at another church. I was talking to a guy, and he'd grown up in the church, and uh, he wasn't giving anything to the church or to anybody. And I said, well, well, Len, uh, why aren't you giving any of your money? And he said, oh, all my money's God's money. <laughs> so, I, you know, when, when, Zach, when you say that, I always think, uh, I, I don't know if people like dis, like. I don't know what that means when somebody says, uh, treat all God's money or treat all your money like it's God's money. Uh, Some people will pray about a big purchase like a house or a car. A lot of us don't. A lot of us decide what we can afford, what we want. I don't know if it makes me more spiritual to to pray about that. To me, the only gauge I have whether somebody's treating their money as if it is God's money is if they're giving. Well, I mean, I think there's a logical progression, right? If you say, everything I have is God, so God, what do you want to do with right, it? Then right. the next step is to say, well, what has he already said right. about, right. about what he wants right. me to do right. with it? And and what he has said is be generous, right? right? right. In, in general and in specific. But I will just say, before we get into like what exactly has he said about generosity, the, one of the things that's fascinating is that the Bible makes, you know, time and time again, forms a hard connection between our money and the state of our hearts. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That it is one area yep. where the Bible works over time. So you have Jesus saying, where your treasure is... Your heart is there. Th- yeah. There will be your heart also, yeah, right? Probably. No equivocating, yeah. no... 
no, I no think money opt is, out. Money is one of the, I mean, I've always told my kids that money is both uh, sneaky and sticky. Mm-hmm. It is hard. I mean, I, I don't know of anybody who doesn't uh, struggle, if, if they don't know they struggle with their relationship with money, uh, then they do. <laughs> and if if they know it, they do. I mean, it's just a, it's a very, very difficult thing. It's why the Bible talks so much about money, why Jesus talks so much about money. It's the only inanimate thing that Jesus said was a possible rival to himself, right? You will either love God or money. There's well, something that money, money does for me much of what uh, God says he'll do for me. Mm-hmm. Well, in wouldn't it be true? I'm more asking this as a question that probably even some regards, the wealthier you are, the more of it that you have, probably the harder it is. It, it's interesting. They've done studies with giving and the the percentage that someone gives actually goes down as their the income goes up. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they did studies back uh, during the Great Depression. Americans gave a greater percentage of their money back in the Great Depression than they did in the 90s where it was yeah. booming. But, I mean, you, you can tell why, because uh, the amount of money goes up while the percentage of money can go down. But that's why I say that money's it's sneaky and it's, and it's sticky. You know, it's, it's hard to let go of. You, people either uh, love money because they can spend money and what money gets them, or they yeah. love money just to, keeping it, hoarding yeah, it. Yeah, hoarding it, yeah. yeah. Being there are savers and there are spenders, and mm-hmm. uh, one's not necessarily more holy than the other. Yeah, They're, and actually, Bob, to go back to your point about money, in some ways, promises to do for me what God is supposed to do for me. Yeah. You have the spender is saying money will bring me happiness, right? Which is actually right. what only God can really yeah. bring. And the saver saying money will bring me protection Security, or provision right, or safety, right. right? Which only God can really bring. And so it really is, in many ways, a rival to God, which is why it's so important, I think, to Jesus' point about where your treasure is, there will be yeah. also to say, I have to lay my money at God's feet. Otherwise, I will end up laying God at my money's feet. Well, it's that, a demonstration it of trusting God by giving to Him so you don't have, right? I mean, right. it's it's actively giving to Him so you're dependent on Him. It is His to begin with yeah. in the first place. Yeah, one of the things that, you know, in the Bible, they talk a lot about first fruits, right? Uh, and I always think that uh, uh, for God, the, the, you know, the first part of every day yeah. I want to give Him because I want that there's the first day of every week uh, and then the first fruits of what you make. And a lot of people don't, I mean, a lot of people tend to create their lifestyle, and then they say, "Well, I, I can't give." I mean, I just heard this the other day. I, you know, I, I, I struggle to give because I have two kids in college. Well, you, you've made a decision yeah. uh, based in the wrong order. Like, you made a decision and said, and then what you just said—I've never heard heard it said like that, Zach. Where you uh, either lay your money at God's feet or lay God at your money's mm-hmm. feet. That would be when I give God my last fruits. I'm doing Yeah, what's that. most important is I send my kids to college. And if I'm able right. to give to God on top of that, great. I'll give him my last fruits. But if yeah. I'm not, I, I've reflected. Yeah, and money is, and that's one of the things about money. And again, I keep going back to that quote from Jesus because it's just such an incredible thing to say, where your treasure is, there will be your heart also, is that, that in some ways what Jesus is saying is nothing reveals your priorities the way money does. And that's why first matters, right? Because it's right. it's saying to God... I'm going to give this to you, and I don't even fully know what that will cost me. 
this month or this year or this week or you know but it doesn't matter because I'm taking care of my my devotion to you first and and I think that that's where it gets tricky because at at some point we know our financial decisions are going to cost somebody right it's just mm-hmm. a question of whether it's us or God right, right. I mean we can't cost God you you know what right, I mean, right, right, but whether right. or not we're gonna he's gonna be the one that we're going hey sorry there's nothing left for you uh here at the end so what is the struggle what is uh our personal struggle with money, what do you, or what people we've talked to, what is it uh, that people are saying in their heads right now as they're listening to this? <laughs> if, well, I think if right, they were brave enough to even listen to this. If they're <laughs> cynical enough, I know what I would be saying is, well, you guys all work at a church and your livelihood depends on people giving. So true. Yeah. That's of, true. Of oh, it's interesting. When, say... I fir- when I first went to, you know, I, 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 the first church I worked for I was happened to be my dad's church. And uh, I was making eleven thousand a year, and I remember going into his office and saying, "Hey, Dad, uh, when it comes to giving, have I have I given at the office? Because <laughs> I, I don't, given? I'm yeah. not getting paid much, and I I just don't know how this works. It's like giving my, by omission. Yeah, yeah <laughs> my dad was going, no, absolutely not. It's important for you to give for your own heart, not right, it's not. not for the church. It's for your own heart. So." I think we uh, that is something that is that people who are cynical can say, and there's some truth to that. We do work at a church. We do. We, yeah. but there is something that's frustrating. <laughs> that there is something that we know is so entwined mm-hmm. with people's hearts, and yet we don't talk about it much because it's been a, people might have abused it, misinterpreted right. it, or make it. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think our culture is one that has made it just a you don't talk about your money your money is your own private right. you know business no one should be asking you about it um, which if i were satan and i had a hard wire to people's hearts right that would be the exactly perfect that's exactly, why you'd that's exactly say. right yeah um whereas living true like in community with other christians should be a wow are we talking to each other about our finances <laughs> maybe i mean yeah, about right. our money about how we're spending it yeah um I think something else people could be thinking is, wait a minute, come on, inflation is through the roof right now, and how can we be having this conversation when things are getting tighter and tighter for our bills or yeah. whatever? But okay. Zach, you, you, uh, you had a conversation with somebody just recently about money and about what happened. Because I think I, we've all had these conversations with people where uh, I don't think you can give and say – uh, if I give, then God will give back to me. Right. You know, Mm-mm. because God, God's after your heart, and right. you know, if, not your money. It, yeah, it's like uh, your kid trying to bribe you, an and you see right strategy. through. Right. right. Yeah. But I think uh, it's hard. Uh, God honors obedience, and I think um, I've never had somebody come in yeah, my I office say. and say, uh, "I'm having financial problems." And I've I've given ten percent of my money from the time I started making money. I just never have. I yeah. think they people end up being better money managers. They don't spend more than they have. They're, it's yeah. just it just hasn't. It may be well, true. I, I there think may another be way. Of, I think another way of saying that is we can separate what the Bible says about money into a couple of categories. I mean, one would be money and devotion. You know what money says about our hearts, which we've talked a lot about. Yeah. The other one would be the wisdom category of the right. the way God says to handle money. And uh, what I think is often true is people who ignore the wisdom section. In other words, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna surrender the way I manage money to God. I'm gonna do that my way. And then as a consequence of doing their their way, 
find themselves in, in difficulty and then say, well, I can't be generous. and Or even will say, where is God in all this? You'll think, well, you, you've ignored God in all these things. You've not done it God's way. Well, why, why would you think? I mean, there's a reason why. And again, it goes back to, and I always say this, it comes back to the issue of, of, of trust, is, is do you think that God has said the things he said about money to ruin you? Right? right. I mean, is that and, and if you ignore what God has said and you find yourself ruined, should that be a surprise? I mean, you know, part of believing that God is wise and loving is that everything he says about money is right and good for you, right? And so therefore, you would want to handle money his way. And one of the ways he says is, I want you to trust me with a portion of it. You know, it's funny to me that the, the things we say, there's there's a gap between uh, our stated belief and our actual belief, you know, the things we say we believe and the things. So when someone says, well, you guys about money because you work at a church, I mean, to me, I would say, look, the church belongs to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need any of us to fund it, right? And I work for Jesus. And my assumption is if Jesus wants to keep CCC going, it's nobody good. has to write another check. He's got that covered. This is not – if I believed that I was dependent upon any one person, I'd have greater theological concerns of like, yeah. hey, yeah. what do you mean, Jesus, when you say, I will build my church, what did you mean? Like, I, I thought you meant this. I, I think that that is a misplaced understanding of what even – because even as a church, we have tried to reflect the values of generosity. Yeah. I mean, we have three big goals over the next 30 years. Two of them require us to be incredibly – Generous. We're yes, going to give away $30 outwardly. million dollars in global missions, and we're planting churches. We're spending a lot of money on churches where that, that has nothing to do with us. Yeah. I mean, these churches are independent, autonomous, right? So, so I mean, I think we are, we are trying, even as an organization, to, to do the things that, that we are asking people to do, which is to trust God, to be generous, to, to prioritize what God prioritizes, and to trust Him to provide. I think... Uh... What, well, let me ask you this. Why do you think people get defensive when uh, they hear talk about money? Uh, I think defensiveness comes from two places, probably, if I'm defensive about money. I mean, one is knowing I'm not doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and just— uh, Not wanting to be discovered. You know, it's not like I'm saying, oh, boy, you raised an interesting point I hadn't thought of. It's like, I, I know this. I just—and the other one is fear. I mean, I, I think that there's an element of, of which where it's like— there's something about money that makes the more of it you have, the more you feel like whatever life can throw at you, you'll figure it out. Hmm. The less of it you have, the more vulnerable you feel. And and again, it goes back to that state of belief, actual belief is, you know, I've had to ask myself at times, what what am I really trusting in? You know, do I, it's kind of like I'll meet a young couple sometimes that's dating and I'll say, hey, have you guys th- thought about getting married? And they'll say, well, yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking about getting married. We just need to have enough money in the bank. Or a couple says, you know, couple's married. So you guys are gonna have kids? Well, we think about having kids, but we we gotta have uh, uh, enough money in the bank. And I asked a family once when they said that young couple, well, how much is enough? And they're saying, well, we think about eighteen thousand dollars. I said, yeah, until you have a baby has a heart defect and the surgery is twenty five thousand. I mean, you. But what they're really saying is, we have sat down and tried to anticipate right. right anything that could come our way and to have a plan. It's like, but that's the whole point. You're not God. You can't. But He can, and you can trust Him. So, I think money. Makes us feel impervious. Yeah, and money is uh, so deceptive in that way because you know you, the, the the wealthiest people still get sick and die, right? right. So, but I also think that almost I, I would suppose that all of us were poor, yeah, at one point, and we're still here, right? Right, and and then I think of when Karen and I were, uh, you know, we're pretty poor. Yeah, uh, 
were we more happy, less happy? Yeah, I wouldn't say we were we were less happy. I remember thinking, uh, I would I can't wait till I make enough money where if I have a flat tire, it doesn't wreck me. It doesn't I, wreck yeah, me. Yeah, right. I know I'm I'm not in trouble, right? Yeah. I mean, we <laughs> this is before you you know you you all's time, but when we first got married, we got turned down for a Sunoco card for. A, they did the world they wasn't working on credit. Gas, huh? So when the world's not working on credit, if you don't have money, yeah. you don't you, which is much be, a much better world by the way. It's yeah. much easier to learn how to handle money if you can't spend it when right. you don't have yeah. it, yeah. right? But I still think I think a lot of married couples look back on the ti- the lean times when they were young and poor as being some great times. But it's something. There's but, just not a correlation between happiness and wealth, absolutely. right? But here I am yeah. at my age, right? And I'm talking about money, and I know all this, and uh, I see the lottery, and I think, that wouldn't that be great? Made. Yeah, <laughs> wouldn't wouldn't you know, or whatever amount of money? I'm just going, yeah, I would love to have. A, a, like Karen asked the other day, how much she was, she had just. Uh, uh, made some money and she was laughing about it and saying, how much money is enough? And that was like, like Rockefeller saying, hey, just a little bit more, just $1 more. Yeah. So. No, I was just, Gene and I were just having the conversation about how reflecting back on how it was a great thing to not have money when we were first married. Right. And all that that did in helping us even grow in our marriage. And again, yeah, you, you, you're not missing out and it isn't the source of your joy. But yeah, and I always think of that with prenups. You know, like I always think, Oh, the people who sh- should have prenups are poor people because half of a little is a lot less. <laughs> yeah. you know? But of course, you know, you, when you have enough money, you have to also worry about who's coming at, why, what motives people have, and yeah. it, it, it introduces a lot of complications. So I think the appropriate response to this topic for everyone is just a kind of self-diagnosis, you know. Uh, do I really believe that everything I have belongs to Jesus? Do I know what Jesus has said about money? I mean, I think, Joe, to your point, that's the next step, right, is, well, if it does belong to Jesus, what does he want me to do with it? And you might need to pray about some things. There are other things where he's already been clear, and you just need to be obedient. And am I doing that? And if I'm not doing that, what's going on in my heart? Do I not trust him? Do I do I not believe everything belongs to him? Do I not believe he'll take care of me? The truth is, our responses to this issue are multifaceted. I mean, they're yeah. based on our background and based on our circumstances, based on our personalities. And so instead of being prescriptive, this must be what you're thinking. It's more an invitation to say, hey, ask yourself and just know this, whatever dark thing you find in your heart and your mind as it relates to money, Jesus has died for that. So look it in its face, own it, confess it, be forgiven of it, and be set free from it so that you can experience the joy that God has for you in being generous with your money. You've been listening to Church Unplugged, the podcast of Christ Community Chapel. In each episode, we're going to look at topics and questions that are related to our faith in Jesus and to the way that it plays out in everyday life. We want your feedback. We want your suggestions. If you've got ideas or questions that you'd like to hear answered on the show, you can email us at churchunplugged at ccchapel.com. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.